Hello, Thyroid Thrivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. Today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics and also one of the most confusing topics in the world of thyroid healthy cooking, fats and oils. When it comes to choosing healthy cooking fats and oils, there's a lot to consider. Some oils break down at higher temperatures, some oils go rancid more easily than others, some oils just are not good for us. And what do all these terms mean? Refined, expeller pressed, extra virgin, cold pressed. And of course, there's always the issue of flavor. Not every dish is going to be complemented by the flavor of coconut or even olive oil, for example. So the good news is that all it really takes to make better decisions around which cooking fats and oils are best for which cooking purpose is a little bit of knowledge. If you're ready to dive right in, I've got you covered. I've created an amazing free resource that's gonna clearly outline how to choose the best cooking fats and for which type of cooking. I've got that link for you in the show notes. Otherwise, you can find it on hypothyroidchef.com fats. And this is a seven page guide. It's called the Simple Guide to Healthy Cooking Fats and Oils. So be sure to grab it after the show. This is a great addendum to everything we're gonna talk about today, and it's going to put everything we cover in one convenient resource for you. So don't feel like you have to take notes. You can just listen, watch, enjoy the show today, and then go download your free guide. So both in that guide and in today's show, here's what we're gonna cover. We're gonna talk about the rules of thumb for choosing cooking fats and oils. We're gonna talk about which oils to avoid, which are best for higher heat cooking, moderate heat cooking, low heat cooking, even no heat cooking. We'll talk about those words on the labels, what to watch for, what to avoid, and we're gonna bust one of the major myths about everyone's favorite healthy cooking fat, extra virgin olive oil. All right, let's dig in. So we'll start today with the rules of thumb. First, let's talk about smoke point. You wanna pay attention to the smoke point of the oils you're cooking with. So the smoke point is the temperature at which that oil begins to smoke. And some oils have a higher smoke point than others. Oils with a higher smoke point are better for higher heat cooking. When your oil is smoking, that's not really a good sign. That means that the fat is beginning to break down and release free radicals. Free radicals can damage your cells and are associated with aging and numerous diseases, including cancer. So they are considered a carcinogen. I'm not here to scare you. We're all exposed to free radicals. It's just part of life. But hey, we're talking about the choices we can make where we can minimize our exposure to things like free radicals. So we want to pay attention to that smoke point of the oil so that we can use the right cooking oil for the right kind of cooking. Some bottles of oil will list that right on the on the label. They'll list the smoke point. But this is kind of a basic rule of thumb for how we choose which cooking fat for which purpose. Now, 
I want to point out here that the smoke point of oil and the flash point of oil are sometimes confused, but they're not the same thing. So the flash point of oil is the temperature at which the oil will actually ignite. That typically occurs somewhere around 600 degrees. Now for oils, that smoke point is typically much, much lower. So the smoke point and the flash point really are not at all the same thing. Okay, second rule of thumb, pay attention to how the oil was made. All oils have to undergo some kind of processing to go from being a fruit or a nut or a seed into an oil. But the goal is to avoid oils that have been really harshly refined using chemical or heat processing. And the fats and oils that I'm gonna recommend here are not harshly processed or refined. Those super refined oils, the reason they go through chemical processing is to clean, extract, deodorize, bleach, and stabilize the oils. What we're looking for are oils that have been extracted using pressure. For example, cold pressed extra virgin olive oil or expeller pressed avocado oil. Now, they're still using machinery to crush and extract the oils from those things. And expeller pressing, for example, does create a little bit of heat, but it's different than this high heat processing that can create free radicals. Next, give your oils the nose test. This is an area where as home cooks, I think we can often feel like, oh, I got this thing and I put it in the pantry and it lasts forever, like spices or vinegars or oils. And it's just not the case. Healthy oils are not one of those pantry items that last indefinitely. Some of them can actually go bad pretty quickly. So to make sure they're fresh, you want to give those oils a sniff before you use them, especially if they've been in your pantry for more than, I'd say about six months. So what you're smelling for is this obvious rancid or bitter smell. So if you've ever smelled a stale oil, you know what I'm talking about. So as a rule, if you've had that oil in your pantry for a while, make sure you give it a sniff before using because rancid oils are also unhealthy oils. Next, organic. If you can, buy organic. If not, at least try for non-GMO. Look for that non-GMO project verified butterfly stamp on the label. Um, you know, when it comes to thyroid healthy eating, organic is ideal. It really does matter. Why? Because those pesticides and fertilizers are not good for our health. And there are direct links to those pesticides and fertilizers and our thyroid health. There have been studies that have shown 60% of common pesticides and fertilizers affect the thyroid's ability to produce thyroid hormone. That is not what we need. So in the US, if you're looking at certified USDA organic foods, you can know that those are free of harsh chemical pesticides and fertilizers and USDA organic also means non-GMO. So again, try for organic, look for organic. If you can't find or afford it, look for the non-GMO project verified stamp on the label. Last rule of thumb, moderation is key. Now, one thing I've learned about thyroid and autoimmune nutrition is the importance of getting enough fats in the diet. Some of us aren't getting enough fat, but fat is really important for all of us and it's important for us thyroid drivers. 
So here's a few reasons why. Eating fat helps us absorb some of the fat-soluble vitamins. It helps our body produce hormones, including thyroid hormone. Fat is essential for our brain health. It helps with dry skin, which a lot of us with hypothyroidism struggle with. Fat gives us energy and it keeps us feeling full longer. It keeps us satiated. So if you were a child of the 80s like me, then you remember the fat phobia. I mean, they made fat-free everything. There was fat-free mayonnaise. Like all mayonnaise is is fat. What was even in there? It's so gross. But that outdated research about fat and especially saturated fat being bad for us has been debunked. Our bodies need and thrive on the right kinds of fat. And that includes some saturated fat. Still, fat in general is extremely calorie dense. And we're not afraid of calories here either, but a lot of us are dealing with compromised metabolism. We're watching our weight, we're dealing with excess weight. So just something to keep in mind that fat is more of like a condiment than a main event in our meals, in large part because of that caloric density. We're talking about nine calories per gram of fat versus about four calories per gram of carbohydrate or protein. Also, overconsumption of saturated fat can lead to higher LDL or bad cholesterol. So one simple rule of thumb that I like to use when I'm choosing which fats and oils to cook with is to choose those healthier plant-based oils like olive oil most of the time when I'm cooking and to use those saturated fats and enjoy them just in moderation. All right, speaking of saturated fat, let's dive right in. We're gonna cover these oils in descending order of the highest smoke point, like we talked about before, to lowest smoke point. So we'll start with our high heat oils. And the one at the very top of the list is one of my absolute favorite saturated fats, grass-fed ghee. Ghee has a smoke point of 485 degrees Fahrenheit. It's very high. I mean, I don't see any recipes asking you to set your oven at 485, maybe if you're broiling. But that very high smoke point of ghee makes it ideal for the highest heat cooking. Like if you're searing a steak or one thing we really like to use it for at home is searing scallops. We get it really good and hot, put those scallops in there and it's a loud sizzle. It puts this beautiful brown crust on them, cooks them quick so they don't get overdone and it adds this really delicious buttery taste. So what is ghee? Ghee is commonly used in Indian cooking. Um, it's an Ayurvedic medicinal food. What it is is essentially clarified butter. It has had the milk solids cooked out and removed, so it's pure fat. You might be surprised that I included something that was dairy-based here because so many of us are avoiding gluten and dairy. But here's the thing, ghee is tolerated by most dairy-sensitive people because those milk solids have been removed. Remember that ghee is saturated fat, but it's a really good choice when you want that buttery flavor without the dairy. Avocado oil, next on the list. Coming in at a smoke point of 450 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Avocado oil is super heat stable and high in monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. It's got a super mild flavor and I think it's a really fantastic substitute for neutral refined oils like canola oil, vegetable oil, corn oil. Those oils that you use when say you're baking and you don't really wanna taste the oil. I like avocado oil. I think it's got an almost undetectable taste. It's very neutral. It's also delicious. Um, so I use it for, gosh, anything and everything. I always have avocado oil on hand. I'll use it for anything from making a batch of fajitas to sizzling a stir fry to even making a salad dressing. It's super versatile and you can use it for just about anything. Next is an oil you maybe haven't tried before, but that I'm really enjoying cooking with lately. Macadamia nut oil. It's got a smoke point of 390 degrees Fahrenheit, so pretty darn high. And like macadamia nuts, it's got this really wonderful buttery flavor. Not overpowering, not strong like ghee, but it is really delicious. And I think it can make a really nice vinaigrette or be really nice in like a salad that features tropical fruit like papaya. We like to use it for things like pan seared fish where we really wanna put a crust on something or even pan fry it because it's got that high smoke point and it makes a really nice crispy crust. Okay, next on the list is one of my all-time favorites, duck fat. Duck fat has a smoke point of 375 degrees Fahrenheit and it's absolutely delicious. It's got that rich flavor. So along with that relatively high smoke point, it's really nice for putting a crisp edge on things like duck fat oven fries. I use it to make my pumpkin seeds in the fall. I keep a tub of duck fat in the freezer because I don't use it that much and that helps extend the shelf life. And so when I decide to cook with it, I just use a paring knife to cut out a knob of duck fat. Lastly, leaf lard. Now, you might be surprised to hear me bring up lard. Lard is one of those fats that we were taught in the 80s to fear that it was like the worst of the worst. And all lard is, is like duck fat, it's just rendered animal fat. Duck fat obviously comes from ducks. Lard is simply rendered pork fat. But here's the thing, products labeled lard are often really processed and sometimes hydrogenated. So we don't wanna just buy lard. We wanna look for leaf lard. Now, leaf lard is the highest grade of simple rendered pork fat. And surprisingly, only 40% of the fat in lard is saturated. That's a lot less than coconut oil or ghee. So it gives you that nice meaty flavor. It's a really delicious, rich fat. It's just divine in certain applications. I mean, it adds this wonderful mouthfeel to things like roasted vegetables or a slow cooked pot of beans. It can be a healthy choice in moderation. All right, moving on to our medium heat oils. Cold pressed sesame oil. Now this has a smoke point of 350 degrees Fahrenheit, so fairly high. It's really mild. It's nutty flavored, 
It's a good choice for Asian-inspired dishes, and it's pretty low in saturated fat. Uh, there's just 14% of saturated fat in there. Now, just to clarify, I'm not talking about toasted sesame oil. That's the dark brown, um, very strongly flavored, very aromatic oil that you often see called for in things like stir-fry recipes. Cold-pressed sesame oil is more like a clear blonde color and very neutral tasting, but it does have that slight sesame flavor that I think can be nice in those Asian-inspired dishes. Next, unrefined coconut oil. Coconut oil has a smoke point of 350 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's gotten so much press. Coconut oil is really touted as a superfood because it's got lauric acid and medium chain triglycerides or MCTs, but it's also very high in saturated fats, 92% saturated fat. So it can raise your cholesterol. I like to use coconut oil in recipes where I don't mind a slight coconut flavor like when I'm making a lot of different Thai food recipes, which often feature coconut, when I'm baking or when I'm just making something that obviously would benefit from that somewhat tropical coconut flavor. Finally, extra virgin olive oil, everybody's favorite, right? So 325 degrees Fahrenheit is the smoke point for extra virgin olive oil, maybe a little higher than some of us thought. It can be smooth, it can be fruity, it can be peppery, it can be grassy. That's one of the beautiful things about olive oil. It's kind of like wine and it really depends on the type of olive oil you're using and where it was grown. Now I wanna bust a myth here that's been preventing a lot of us from cooking with more extra virgin olive oil. Did you know that because of extra virgin olive oil's super high concentration of antioxidants, it's pretty heat stable. It's more heat stable than previously thought. There's been a lot of information out there warning us about cooking with olive oil because it has this low smoke point, it can oxidize, it can create free radicals. But one of my favorite online resources for nutrition information is Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. Some of you may know her as the Paleo Mom and she does these incredible deep dives. And she wrote this amazing article about olive oil and really looking at what temperature we can cook with it. Studies have shown, according to Dr. Sarah, that extra virgin olive oil has to be heated for really long periods, like we're talking 24 hours or more, to break it down enough to be harmful. And the reason is that super high concentration of antioxidants, they protect the oil from damage when it's heated. So according to her, we really don't need to be afraid of using olive oil anymore. Cooking with high quality extra virgin olive oil, she says, is totally safe. So if any of you are interested in diving into that more, I'll put the link to that article in the show notes. I'm curious, did you know this about extra virgin olive oil? When I learned this, I was like overjoyed because I finally got permission to cook with olive oil again. And I'm curious, do you cook with it? What do, if not, what do you like to cook with instead? Share with us in the comments. All right, last but not least, let's look at our low or no heat cooking oils. Walnut oil comes in with a smoke point of 320 degrees Fahrenheit. So we're getting into like a little bit more delicate oils here. 
Walnut oil is super flavorful. It's really low in saturated fat and it makes incredible vinaigrettes. Walnut oil is a staple for me. I always have it on hand. If you can do nuts, it has such a great flavor for vinaigrettes and salad dressings. It's like a little bit nutty, a little bit buttery, and it just pairs really nicely with things like Dijon or a little bit of balsamic vinegar or honey or a little splash of maple syrup. It's just my hands down favorite for making vinaigrette dressings. I almost never cook with it though. Next, pumpkin seed oil. This is another kind of fun oil. I don't often keep it on hand, but I have used it, tasted it, and had fun cooking with it. It's really dark in color and it's got that very rich pumpkin seed nutty taste. You wanna use it for recipes that are a little bit more robust and where that strong pumpkin seed flavor is going to complement but it's wonderful even just drizzled on things like roasted squash or vegetables right before you serve them. Finally, flaxseed oil. So flaxseed oil is an amazing plant source of omega-3 fatty acids. Really anti-inflammatory, great for hormonal health, but it's got a relatively short shelf life and it needs to be refrigerated. Also, I don't often use flaxseed oil because it's got kind of a pronounced nutty flavor that can be good sometimes, but it's typically used for its nutritional rather than culinary value. All right, let's talk about what to avoid. As we talked about in our rules of thumb, we wanna choose oils that are not industrially processed and refined like vegetable oil, corn oil, canola oil. The processing that's required to get those oils clear and clean smelling and shelf stable and also free of sediment is not good. It's not good for our health and it requires chemicals like solvents. Um, hexane is one of the primary solvents used in industrially refined oils and hexane is a known neurotoxin. Also heat treatment, which can cause oxidation and increase free radicals. There can be deodorizers used in the processing of those refined oils and even bleaching. And also remember that they're typically created from genetically modified crops. Hydrogenated oils are solid at room temperature versus liquid, but we also wanna avoid any of those hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils because those are produced by means of heavy processing and they can contain trans fats, which are like the worst of the worst fats and raise our bad or LDL cholesterol levels. Also, many of those refined oils have a really high percentage of omega-6 fats. Now I know this can get confusing because aren't omega fats good? Well, what we really want is the right ratio of omega-6s and omega-3s. And our diets tend to be a little bit overly high in omega-6 fats. Now, when you get that too high ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s, it can lead to inflammation. So what we want to avoid are industrially processed and refined versions of olive oil even, canola oil, even refined coconut oil, vegetable oil, corn oil, soybean, peanut, sunflower seed oil, safflower oil, 
cottonseed oil, soybean oil. Remember, we're looking for the industrially refined and processed versions of those that we want to avoid. We also want to avoid things like margarine, shortening, and hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils. Some foods to avoid, fried foods. I know they're so good, I'm sorry, but they're really not good for us. And it isn't just because of the fat, it's because of the fat that the food is fried in. When you think about a restaurant deep fryer, we're talking about several gallons of oils. And restaurants are typically operating on a really slim profit margin. They need to keep that food cost low. So they're gonna be using these more affordable, highly processed, highly refined oils in those deep fryers. They're kept at a really high temperature, sometimes for days at a time, used over and over again, which also can lead to oxidation of the fat, which can lead to those free radicals, but also sometimes trans fats can be used in deep fryers. So fried foods can be a common source of really unhealthy inflammatory fats. Also processed foods. You know, you've got your potato chips that have been fried, you know, industrially fried and industrial oil. You're getting all those toxins that come with it and those oils are really inflammatory. Processed foods can also be a really sneaky source of trans fats and hydrogenated fats. We're talking about foods that you might find in the frozen food aisle. Um, also things like non-dairy creamer can have a lot of those unhealthy fats. And finally, margarine. This is one of those failed health trends of the 80s where we were all told that margarine was ideal for our health and butter was bad. And margarine is often made with trans fat, so we want to avoid margarine. So what do we look for when we're shopping for oil? How do we choose better oil at the store? Here's some words to look for on the label. Unrefined, cold pressed, like we talked about with the, you know, when they cold press the olives and squeeze the, the olive oil out that way. Non-GMO, which organic is also non-GMO, so you can also look for organic oils. Extra virgin, typically means unrefined, or expeller pressed. Now expeller pressed is like a notch up from cold pressed in that it can produce some heat, but it's typically much lower amount of heat than industrially heat refined oils. You know, sadly, they don't really make it easy. Even take something like olive oil, right? Olive oil with the golden halo, with all these health benefits. You're in the grocery store, you're looking at 20, 30, maybe 40 different kinds of olive oil. Which one should you pick? There are good choices on that shelf and there are not so good choices. And I think this is a perfect example. Pure olive oil is refined. We don't wanna buy it. Light olive oil, same thing. Extra virgin olive oil is what you wanna look for. So when you're in the olive oil section, look for that extra virgin olive oil you can also look for words like cold pressed and organic. All right, we covered a lot of ground today, so I think this is probably a good stopping point. Is this helpful? I hope it's been helpful. If it has been, please don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, 
this is a brand new show, Thyroid Healthy Bites. So if you don't mind leaving me a review, it's super helpful. It really helps get this show out there in front of people so that we can keep doing this together. So don't forget, if you wanna know more about this topic of healthy cooking fats and oils, you can download the free guide, the simple guide to healthy fats and oils. Find the link in the show notes or just go to hypothyroidchef.com slash fats. All right, Thyroid Thrivers, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites. I'm Ginny Mahar, wishing you the best of health. See you next time.